news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who happens to be my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Doing good. So fun. Back again. Back again. I love this time. I know I always tell you that, but literally my favorite thing to do is talk with you. So fun. Yeah. And I love talking about dreams and things other people are doing and how we can learn from that. Which is so cool. Yeah, yeah. You're great at it. Oh, you're great at it. <laughs> Where would I be without you, babe? Okay, so today I'm super happy because Jessica Cornelius is on our show. And she's probably one of the wisest women that I know. She's super wise. And, uh, and somebody that you have uh, certainly chased after for a long time. Mm-hmm. She's a great mentor and a great example uh, for you to, to kind of live life by. Yes. And, you know, um, so she's the pastor's wife to our from our pastor bill cornelius his wife they pastored church unlimited which is all over south texas for the past 20 years um and she was just a mentor early on in our marriage and then when we started having kids and i was her daughter sophie's dance teacher when she was three and now she's a freshman in high school which is crazy um but they cheered us on with tippy toes with being parents and all that stuff and just the friendship has remained, which I'm super thankful for. Um, and something so specific that I called her about, because I really believe all parents need to hear about this, is the amazing rite of passage that she and Bill put together for their kids. Yeah, I think it's a great example of how do you uh, show your kids kind of how to live life. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it sounds, I haven't been through it, obviously, <laughs> but it sounds like it's a an opportunity for you to have the people that are uh, closest to you be able to pour into your kids yeah. and tell them kind of the pitfalls that are out there and, and how you get through them and how you avoid them. And, and it's such a great concept that, uh, that I think we're both anxious to do when our kids get right. to that age. Yeah. I love it because she, she actually paints the whole picture of what she and Bill did for Mason. We didn't go into Cole's story and she's getting ready to do Sophie's um, story, but it's just so amazing. All the pieces. She is such an intentional person. And specifically with this, it, she was saying it takes a lot of time and a lot of planning, but for your kids, it's worth it. And really to surround them with people that will lift them up and, Possibly, hey, I don't want to talk to mom and dad about this, but so-and-so is investing in me too, so I want to go to them. So it kind of gives your kids other people to talk to and just relate to, which I think is super awesome. Um, And she's just always been that way. Um, We talked a little bit about how she's homeschooled, and she's always, what I've always watched is how she navigates where their family is at that moment to figure out what's best for them, which we've taken a lot of that and learned a lot. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it, intentional. Mm. Uh, that's the first word that pops up in my head when you think about Jessica Cornelius, and, and I can remember how hard it was to kind of build a friendship with, 
with her. She was always approachable, but to really get in and get to know her, uh, she was very intentional on who she surrounded mm-hmm. herself with, who she poured into, who she spent her time with. And, right. uh, and I can remember when we first got to go grab lunch with her and, and Bill, and mm-hmm. we were like, oh, we made it. <laughs> we, we got in the circle, and we got uh, being able to really become a friend to with both of them. And, right. and it was an important day for us, I think. We, yeah. we realized that we had access to them to, to lean on and to, mm-hmm. to get us through life. I love that too. And you know what I think is interesting as you said that and something that stuck with me that we learned from them is Bill had said, if you want to become friends with my wife, start doing the things my wife's doing and start serving at church or start being in the places that she's at and not to be like crazy stalker show up at the places that she's eating and stuff. But I remember knowing, Hey, if I was going to serve, I'm going to serve under her ministry so I could just spend time with her. But I think that's such a good example in life as we have so many people that want to take action and dream big on things is watch what the people are doing that are doing things that you want to do, find out where they are, what their circles are and get to know them. I think a lot of this podcast, we have been intentional with these relationships that have been on our podcast long before this podcast came around, but we were watching people. We were watching Reese and Reed and Bill and Bob and all of these people watching what their life was doing. And so then we started showing up at places they were interested in things that they were not, not just to be there, but to learn from them. And I think that was such a good thing to learn early on. Yeah. There's such a value to having those blueprints. There's Mm -hmm. blueprints out there of, of how people do it and they want to share, but you got to get a little bit closer and let them know that you trust them and that you're uh, wanting to be friends, but also uh, learn from them. But I think one of my favorite things about Jessica and Bill, for that matter, is it's always Bill and Jessica. Oh, and I love that. It's mm-hmm. always, you rarely hear about just Bill or mm-hmm. just Jessica. It's always the two of them. And I yeah. think um, we try to be pretty intentional to always be Adam and Sarah or Sarah and Adam and, yeah. and have that uh, all together all the time. And I think they're such an example of, of being together all the time and, and, and they're two in one. They are. And that's a great example. I think for our marriage, they've been really key. Um, for that specific reason, you know, where we have a really hard time being together though. Do you know what I'm going to say? At sporting events, (laughs) at sporting events, you can't sit still. And so it would be odd. I'd be following you everywhere. And like the other day, you know what I did? We were sitting at a volleyball game and you came and sat next to me and my eyes like, yay, he chose to sit next to me. And I looked at my friend Cassie behind me and I said, how long do you give it? And she said, five seconds. And I said, four. And it was like three. And there you go. You were like, hi, nice to see you. And then you like, uh, were pacing the court because third and fourth grade volleyball needs a dad to be pacing the court. Well, you forgot a key part of that was during that three seconds, you said, babe, you have a hole in your shirt. You need to throw your shirt away. So that made you go start pacing? Yes, so why would I? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I would have sat there so you if you didn't. So would have sat uh, there. So what point it, out my hole. Have you always had shirt. holes in your shirt every game? Because you never sit by me. 
That's just the most recent oh, story. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's probably other reasons. Yeah. You probably shouldn't go to work with holes in your <laughs> shirt. <laughs> and then it was me and then three other friends all commented on the hole in your shirt. So, yes. so I had to move so you closer were being to our girls. picked on. I was. Oh, bullies. I'm sorry. We're bullies. So two in one and then be a bully to your husband. Yes. Ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, we're getting better at sporting event things. No, but you know what I love about you at sporting events is you are so into it that it could be Oklahoma football, but really it's third and fourth grade volleyball, but you treat them the same. So if anybody follows my Instagram stories, they know what I mean when I say Oklahoma Sooner football and Adam News. Crazy. Live and die. Okay, we are off topic again. So let's pop over and listen to Jessica Cornelius. Jessica, I am so excited to have you on our show today. Thanks for making time for me. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? I would love to make time for you. One of my favorite people in the world. Yes. I just love visiting. I think we could visit for hours. Oh, so we I'm could. I'm honored that you asked me. Thank oh, you. well, thank you. Jessica, for our listeners that don't know you, I always I was talking to Adam just a little bit ago about how you are like a woman with such wisdom. And you have oh. been shepherding me um, since Adam and I were first married living in Corpus mm-hmm. Christi. Mm-hmm. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and... Um, the church that you guys started? Yes. Um, we, Bill and I started our church 20 years ago in an apartment mm-hmm. in Corpus Christi. We were church planters. I can't believe 20 years sounds 20 like it's years. been forever, but <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. I still sometimes feel like I'm a church planter and I have to remember, no, that was 20 years ago. You're not a church planter anymore. I love it. Um, <clears throat> it's in our blood. But anyways, um, I was a school teacher before we started the church, and I have three kids, and I'm a human trafficking advocate. Mm, and um, I love that. Just I you... hold my kids for a little bit too. Sometimes moms like to know that too, so we uh, kind of dabbled in everything. So. Okay, can we stop on the homeschool thing because you did it? And do, I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember this. I called you when we moved to Bowling Green, and I was like, "I'm going to homeschool my kids because mm-hmm, I was scared mm-hmm. to death of public school." Well, I do remember that. <laughs> then I homeschooled for, I think it was four hours. And <laughs> I'm like, this is not good. It lasted four months. And if you ask my kids, they say to this day, I remember not learning anything except going shopping. And I'm like, <laughs> so, but you, you were so good. Cause I remember you made it sound so easy and it was so not easy for me, <laughs> but you well, have I mastered that. It. We did it a little bit. I, I was able to do it. My kids were older and they did a lot of stuff online. Yeah. And so I cheated. I didn't <laughs> do the old fashioned way where you sit there and you're the teacher and you grade everything and you yes. teach everything. Yeah. I sought out everything online that was very efficient and easy where they did the grades, calculated the grades and That's all that. Good. So I found the easy ways to do it. We didn't do it all the time. We came in and out of season. Sometimes we did. Um, but like right now, one of my daughter, Sophie, she's in private school right now. So it just depends on the that. seasons and the kids and what works best with your family. That is so yeah. awesome. I always say if I did it again, like I love the concept of homeschool. I really do. But mm-hmm. I'm not the type that can do like my personality. So I would have to have somebody help me with that. And the online yeah. stuff is awesome. So, okay. Mm-hmm. The one, there's so many things I love about you. And I remember first starting coming to your church when Adam and I were newlyweds and you and Bill just had so much wisdom on life as newlyweds. And I remember you said to me, I think I said, I can't wait to have babies. And you said, 
just wait, like live life a little. Cause you were in the weeds of little <laughs> yeah. kids. And I thought it was so funny that my pastor's wife's like, no, just wait, just wait. Cause it's really hard, but you've always been the real deal to me and not trying to make things just seem better than they were. And you've always spoken so much truth. And really the big reason that I've wanted you on this podcast and you have been one that I've been so excited about because I think you can speak to parents all across the country that listen about your rite of passage that you do with Mm -hmm. your children. So can you paint that picture for us? Yes. Um, We have told the kids ever since they were little that we, you know, when you become a teenager, when you turn 13, we're going to have a rite of passage. And we've just built it up and built it up over the years and talked about it. Um, And to some people, you might be thinking, well, what is a rite of passage? Mm -hmm. So a rite of passage, it just denotes rituals marking the transition phase between childhood and full inclusion into a tribe or social group. And we just really wanted our kids to be equipped with the wisdom and tools for the new season of life they were going to be journeying into. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're putting away being a little kid and becoming a young man or a young woman. And we wanted them, you know, sometimes people ask questions like, well, when did you know you were a man, you know, Mm -hmm. and we didn't want it to be some horrible, bad memory they have. We wanted it to be a positive Christ-centered defining moment that when they look back on it, they know that was the moment I became a young man, you know. I love that. And I stress the word young man because they were 13 at the time and now the boys are 19 and 21. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think there's a difference between your 13-year-old isn't going to become this big burly man. Right. He's going to become a young man, you know, but still it is a defining moment in their lives. Yes, such a defining moment. And I remember first when you told me about Mason's experience the details that you spent making sure this was a memorable experience for him blew me away. Mm -hmm. So can you walk us through what maybe specifically Mason, so the listeners can hear kind of what this rite of passage looked like? Sure. Let me start um, from the beginning. So you know how I told you we had talked about it ever since they were little. So um, one of the mistakes we made is we talked about it so much and it grew and grew over the years to where by the time it came, they were expecting something really epic. And Bill and I were like, (laughs) oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Because we just talked, you know, but we didn't have a set plan yet. We just knew we were going to do something really great. Well, when you talk for years and years and years, and I'm going to use the word epic because back then the boys were little and epic was a really popular word that (laughs) teenage boys used. Okay, so I don't think I'm uncool using it now. This is just. In my mind back then, I knew it had to be epic for them to be wowed and right. really appreciate it. So I was like, all right, what can we do to make this epic? You know, so it really is an amazing moment for them. So the first part I planned that was going to be the, quote, epic part was Mason was going to be kidnapped to start the event. You know, we just really wanted something to just wow him. Mm-hmm. So um, I left the front door unlocked and the kids were sitting on the couch one day in our living room. And um the this is so funny. Cole's the younger boy. So he was sitting up straighter on the couch and Mason, the older one who was supposed to be kidnapped, was slunched down, real relaxed. <laughs> so the guys that came in to do the kidnapping saw Cole's head because he was sitting up straighter and grabbed it. Oh no. <laughs> and I was that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. So the epic moment kind of turned into a giant laugh like joke because that's the wrong one. That's so funny. Anyways, they put a little like um, covering over his head, tied his arms and legs, threw him in the back of the trunk, turned, not trunk, I'm sorry, the back of the car, <laughs> turned up the music real loud, 
drove out to the beach and really, you know, we just used the beach because that's where we lived. You can do anything. I just researched any elements that made up a rite of passage. I researched different Mm -hmm. cultures, different rites of passages. I just dug in and dug in and just pieced together pieces that I've learned from other cultures and time frames to make one that would work for us. So this is not like the way you do it. Right, right. Just what I found that could work for us, you know. It does. It's not like they said the kid has to be kidnapped or anything. I just do that in the epic. So. I love it. I love it. Oh, boys like that stuff. Like if you do that to Sophie or any of my girls, they're like screaming yeah. bloody murder. But boys like yeah. that stuff. So that's good. Exactly. Okay. So one of the things we decided was that it was only going to be men. No little mm-hmm. kids that were Mason's friends. We wanted him focused. We wanted him to see the seriousness of this. We didn't want him being silly with his friends. No women. I couldn't be there, which was mm. killing me because I'm the one who did all the work to yeah. plan it. But I knew it had to be this manly event that was about manhood. So it was all men and family members that were men that, you know, were a part of Mason's life. Mm-hmm. So it was different men. So they got out to the beach. They had a big bonfire going. And the first event they had was called the Walk of Wisdom. Mm. And so, gosh, this is my favorite part. Each man there took a walk with Mason along the beach and just spoke into his life um, wisdom that they wish someone would have told them Mm. when they were teenagers. And they were very... they, I never heard what they said, but Bill told me later that he was so grateful that the men were so intimate and so wow. raw and shared really great stuff with Mason. Yeah. At the end of the walk, um, there was a uh, bow and arrow and target set up, and Mason shot um, an arrow into the target. Then on the walk back, the man would pray over Mason on the walk back. So, wow. Wow. Um, I think that's that specifically, that part has stuck with me, thinking that these godly men are spending one-on-one time with your mm-hmm. son walking mm-hmm. and just bearing it all like, Hey, this is what yeah. I wish I would have known. And then to top it off with praying with them, that's, oh that's gosh, a bond. Yes. That's so special. Yes. Okay. So what well, comes you know how We always say it takes a village. Yes. To child. It's so true. So yeah. I remember one of the men told Mason something. And when Mason told me later, a few weeks afterwards, I go, I've told you that your whole mm. life. And he's like, I know, but it just really sunk in when he said Wow. That. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> yes. Yes. But they hear it from different people. Maybe somebody uh-huh. he admired in a different way. And sometimes uh-huh. it's like, it mom. Way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, so cool. That was priceless to me. But what was sweet, Bill said that when it was their turn to walk, he kind of saw this as his moment of like, this is my son and whom I'm well pleased. He just took a moment to tell Mason, I believe in you. Yeah. Um, I am proud of you. I, you're destined for greatness. Mm. I approve of you. He just sewed into Mason that, you know, I'm well pleased with you. You yes. know, he didn't give him wisdom. He just poured that onto I him, you know, as that. his dad, because sons need that from mm-hmm. their dad. Yes. Wow. So, um, so they have the walk of wisdom. So, you know, that took a while for all the men to do that. And it wasn't a long walk, but right. um, enough to, you know, and have how many men were there? Like how many? I want to say about 18 or 20. Wow, that's awesome. And now, on, honestly, um, I mean, we're, Bill's a pastor and we've been at that church a long time. So there's, you know, a lot of people that right. we know. And I don't know if you're not, not necessarily the pastor of a big church, if you would have that many. Right. Men, you know, I mean, even if you had five, right. that'd be amazing. Exactly. You don't have to have that many because it's kind of not special if it's 20 men that don't really know your exactly. kid. Exactly. Really yeah. Know. So don't feel like you have to have that many. People you that know. you do life with is probably, mm-hmm. yeah. And right, trust, definitely. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and trust. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
So after the walk, they came back to where the big bonfire was, and the dr- they had drugs beating, and mm. they put war paint on their faces. Again, just nothing you have to do, but just to make it feel epic to a 13-year-old boy, you right. know? Um, but this is the part I did research. It said that oftentimes um, a person does some, they do something to make the person look different mm. when they come away from, different from when they went in, so it represents a new beginning. Yes. So I was like, okay, what could we do? What could we do? I didn't, I didn't really want him being cut or something. Right. You know, like some of the old ancient right. tribal stuff, they would have to like have a certain marking or cut on their body, and I was like, no, 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 no. we'll just cut his hair. Yeah. So, um, so they cut his hair, and it wasn't like they shaved his head, but it was a different. It was enough to where his hair definitely looked very different when mm-hmm. he came back, a much shorter and shaved around the bottom and edges and stuff. So, wow. um, it was the symbolism happened that he he looked different coming yeah. out. You know, yeah. Um, the other thing that I researched is said that there's always a test of bravery. Wow. And so. Um, um, you know, back then, sometimes it's they were sleeping in the woods or killing an animal or something like that. And I was like, okay, well, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, right. um, we, like I said, it was at the beach. So we, before the event, someone placed an anchor out in the water and it was, the event was going to be at night. So Mason's act of bravery was to walk out into the water and find mm. this anchor and bring it back. Well, the beautiful thing about our beaches and corpses, they're very shallow for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to think I'm having my child swim out <laughs> into the ocean. Like he could walk out to his knees for a long time in right. the water. Well, but it is so, it may not sound scary, but the beach at night is very scary because there's no light. There's mm-hmm. no electricity out there at all. So it is pitch, pitch black. Wow. So he, and you don't know what's swimming in that no, water there. Oh, that's you know? what would freak I me mean, out. Right? <laughs> they say sharks like to come out closer to the water at yeah. night and all this stuff. So we didn't, we put the anchor far enough out to where it'd be a challenge for him. Not too easy, not too hard. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that though. Yes. So he just kept walking and walking. And at one point he did get a little scared. Bill mm-hmm. said he stopped <laughs> and he was like, I don't know about this, you wow. know, and everyone was cheering him on. You can do it. You can do it. And he kept going and going. And, oh my gosh. Um, he found the anchor and he brought it back. And that was symbolic also because we told, Bill told him like this anchor symbolizes God's word being an anchor in your life. Mm. And as you get older, you know, God's word is going to be your anchor to keep you from floating out into waters that are dangerous for you. And so he has that anchor to this day. And actually the anchor has become our family symbol after that. Mm. So he has a little anchor James Avery ring. And I had like an anchor plaque in the boys' room. Well, now that they're older, they took it down. They said it looks babyish. But (laughs) I try to like... Right, remind them. When we do text messages, and um, one day when the boys get married, I'll probably give their wives um, something sentimental and pretty about an anchor or something. Like, I just think that's special. But anyways, I'm getting off topic. Okay, so then after that, um, they went back to the bonfire, and Bill had written a pledge for Mm. Mason to repeat about, you know, being a young, godly man. And before he read the, um, before Mason recited the pledge, Bill read, Exodus 26, which just says, I will lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. And then Bill said, okay, Mason, repeat after me. And he just had a list of things like, say, I will love God with my all my heart. Mm-hmm. I will love God with all my heart. I will love it. I love it. Yeah. He just went through commands and pledges for Mason to repeat. Then the men laid their, all the men laid their hands on him, mm-hmm. prayed over him. And Bill said at the end, he declared, he said, I now declare you a man and all the men were hooping and hollering, uh, throwing Mason up in the air and stuff. And wow. um, 
But this is the part that I think I'm going to cry just saying it. It's been so long ago. Oh, my uh-huh. gosh. Um, <laughs> I love it. This part's so sweet. Um, at the end, oh, my gosh, Kevin, I'm crying. Ah, <laughs> I love it. It's so beautiful, <laughs> Jessica. I love everybody it. Everybody was leaving and cleaning up, and um, Mason and Bill were just sitting on the beach kind of talking, and Mason looked over, and he said, can we um, – Stay here a little longer. I don't want this to end. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What 13 year old boy has a moment like that with his dad? You know, I mean. So then he came home, and of course, I'm dying to know what happened. Because I'm at home. I can't hear anything. I don't know what's happening. And um, Mason walks in. He's beaming, just beaming, Mm -hmm. so excited. He's talking, all that. We wouldn't let him talk about it in front of Cole because Cole was coming up later, and we didn't want it to be ruined for him. So Mason was beaming, and it was like something was just unlocked in him, you know, mm-hmm. and he just had this passion for God, and um, tears were rolling down his face, and he said, Mom, that was the best day of my life. I'll never forget oh, it. Oh, my gosh. And, um, and this part kind of um, touches me, too. He said, I didn't know that everyone loved me that much. Oh, And as wow. a mom, I just wanted to grab him and go, what? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> we show you that you're loved all the yes. time. We show you that you're loved. But he saw it in a different way through men. I love that. I love that. Okay, I think it was an act of bravery that you didn't, like, sneak over the dunes. I know. Trust me. Wow. I'm such a, I would have, I'm totally that mom that would want to. Yes. And then before he went to bed that night, he asked us if he could pray with us. Mm. And he said in his prayer, God, I feel like tonight is only the appetizer. Like, you know, referring to the amazing yes. things God has for his life. And Golly. so um, it was just a very powerful event that really unlocked something in him and, and helped him become yeah. just the godly young man that, that he that. is. Yes. Now tell mm-hmm. me this. Um, do you think 13 is the right age? Like now looking back, are you like that? No, was, I don't. Know. Okay. Oh, you <laughs> don't. Okay. Only okay. Because I asked the boys later and right. they both said, it was amazing. Well, okay, I don't want to say no emphatically. I have pros right. and cons. Okay. okay. Um, they said they felt like they were a little young to really grasp the important, you know, not right. the importance, but grasp all of it, yeah. um, the deepness of it. But then I would say if you wouldn't have had that at 13, what stupid mistakes or right. um, would you have done or things would you have done to maybe think you need to be a cool bad boy if you wouldn't have had this so it's always hard to know you know right because they did say that I have waited on doing Sophie's till she's 16 just to make sure because they did they both said it was really cool and awesome I just I think it was a little young but I'm, but in today's day and age, teenagers are oh, getting older sooner yes, and it's, acting older and seeing more sooner. You I know? agree. I agree. I think 13, so, so, I mean, it's such a, you know, remarkable birth date. Like, okay, now I'm a teenager. A big, so it makes it's, sense, yeah. you know. I, I would say yes, still do mm. it. Um, as, even though I just said emphatically no, I think <laughs> that um, now that they're 21 and 19, I think, yeah, it is a little young, but... I'm all about like pre getting in on things right. before you have to fix them later. Right. Like, yes. I've always been on pre talks with my kids and yes. preventative measures. And so I almost look at it like 
it's it's just better to be safe than sorry and have it too late. But right. I wouldn't beat yourself up if you can't have it. Yeah, or 15. At you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that they window. They still are maybe. little boys at 13. Right. I mean, 13 sounds like a big bad teenager, but they yeah. are still just little boys. On I the know. Inside, Tell me, they still you know? snuggle with their moms? Do they at 13? Oh, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. That's what I'm off. hoping. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so you said that you haven't done Sophie's yet, so. No. That's coming then. So hers that will is, be later. Yes. And hers will be different. Hers will be completely different. And I'm doing the research on that right now okay. just to see. And see, kids are all different personalities right. too. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to have to have you back on because I think our listeners that have boys are like, okay, I have those tools. But for girls, it's like, okay, but wait, how do you do this? For, for a girl, girl. Yeah. yeah, because I would mm-hmm. think if I asked Lucy or Lola to go out in the middle of the ocean to pick up an anchor, oh, be, no, no. <laughs> they'd say, you're <laughs> no. out of your mind. I do not want the, you know, award no, for bravery. It's going to be totally different, yeah. totally different. Okay. And Cole's was different than Mason's. We had a whole different act of bravery for him. And what was his act of bravery? Um, okay. Now, Cole's was really over the top because we happened to have connections with someone who had a training ground out on a ranch in South Texas where like military people go to train. So he got to go up in a helicopter and shoot a gun at some target and jump into the water and go through these military training things with a gun. And Mm. uh, it was so epic. But Bill was saying, I think we went over the top with him that what he got to do was so cool and so fun that he wasn't focused on the special memory part of it. And um, I think we went over the top with his. We should have dialed it down a bit because that's then good he's to caught know. up in that. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's good to know, like in the world of like Pinterest, you know, you get so mm, wrapped yeah. up in like the mm-hmm. planning ever, the perfectness that it's like, wait, is a kid having fun at the party or did they understand that there's friends there, you know, loving on them? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of interesting to hear too. But I mean, how epic to go up in a helicopter oh, no. and shoot guns. I know. That's I know. so cool. You know what I love about you though, is that you are one of the most intentional people that I know and you are so specific with your kids and your family that running a large church, you have to be because mm-hmm. your time could mm-hmm. get just taken in so many yeah. areas. And, but your kids raising these godly children that understand the importance of who they are in God and, you know, their bodies, their minds, their souls, and that we're all cheering for them and for them Mm -hmm. to really have a visible experience like this is so cool. I just love it. I mean, like I said, it stuck with me for years, you know, I'm like, wow, this is, I think it's been eight years or so that I'm like, I really want to talk to you. I know you always would ask me about it. I know. know. And nobody else does. You're the only Really? I, but let me tell you, I am always encouraged by the fact that you said your dad made y'all's life so magical growing up for y'all. And that is something I always want to like, gosh, get him on the podcast. My gosh. You know what? He, (laughs) He was my first test podcast and we were just messing around. And I was like, dad, that was the best. So he is, he's going to be back on this because truly my parents, I mean, it was, I always told my dad, you were the original elf on the shelf. Like before that Mm -hmm, thing happened, mm -hmm. everything is so special with them. And I think that's just important. And my parents both take time to make sure that we feel special, you know, still to this day. But see, that inspired me. Mm. Ever since you told me that, I I always think, how can I have magical little moments? And ask him this for me, because now that I have a 15-year-old girl about to be 16, how do you make it magical and sweet when they're that age? Yeah, (laughs) that's a good point. I would love to know. Yes, yeah. 
you know, I mean, my dad, I would say, and my dad would be so great on this podcast, but he has always treated us as if we're his little girls always, you know? So Mm -hmm. like we would do the probably at 15 roll our eyes like dad, but we Mm -hmm. knew, and we always talk about this. We always thought we were dad's favorite and that's how he always made us feel. And so there's a magic in that. And we still, you know, we'll talk to this day, like, like, no, I, I actually am the favorite, you know? And because, because of the way he made us, he would tell me I was his favorite, but I'm pretty sure he told us my sister's the same thing, but I just think it's so cool when parents do stop in this busy world. And we were talking before we started to record, like how busy life can be to not just run Mm -hmm. and race from one thing to another, but really to be intentional with family time and specifically Mm -hmm. kids one-on-one. I struggle sometimes with Lucy and Lola being so close in age. They're 15 months apart that I just Mm -hmm. kind of, um, bring them both along together when I'm like, I really need to have that special time with Lola or that special time Mm -hmm. with Lucy and make it separate, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. as parents, we're always learning, but I do think this rite of passage is just so cool and just stuck with me. And so, um, I told you that I really want to be part of Sophie's and she's gonna be like, no, who, yes. who's that? Cause I, I, <laughs> I just, and I'm going to be like with a notepad, like Sophie, I'm also yes. taking notes. No, you definitely will be. <laughs> yes. You've been always asking and asking mm, and so um, special, so special. But I'm working on it. I did want to, I just thought I wanted to give you two verses that I you yes. prayed over my kids. Now that they're teenagers when they were little, that were so special to me. And I just thought if your listeners would want to have the two yes. verses that they could pray over their kids, um, even though the first one says the word son, it can just say, you know, you can substitute daughter or kids, but it's right. First Chronicles twenty nine nineteen in the message, and it says, give my son an uncluttered and focused heart so he he can obey what you command. Mm. And so I just claimed wow. that verse so many times um, because they get distracted and they're mm. cluttered. And I just want to, I love the beauty of that verse, just, yes. you know, claiming to give your kids an uncluttered and focused heart so wow. that they can obey what you command. And then this one's simple. Everybody knows this one, but... It's Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and found favor with God and man. But what I personally love about that one is I would always pray that he'd find favor, mm-hmm. that he, Mason Cole and Sophie, would find favor with their teachers, with their friends, mm-hmm. with their employers, find favor with them and be a blessing to them, right. you know, to whoever they come in contact with. And obviously we want them to grow in wisdom also, you know, but I right. love the part about, Lord, just let my kids find favor with the authority figures yes. in their life too and be a blessing to them that's so huge I think that's so huge and going back the cluttered heart like I feel like our minds and hearts can get so cluttered with everything Mm -hmm. that you know goes on in our day and so to really pray that over our kids is beautiful I love those two verses that is well and you probably don't have an ADD child but one of mine was and so that verse Mm. really is going to stick out to the moms that have ADD kids or ADHD kids because their little hearts and minds are super unfocused you know I don't have an ADD or an ADHD kid but I am a, I am one. I was ADD growing up. All huh. yeah, and you know I was on the medic medication and all that stuff. But so for me, it's like I get a cluttered heart and mind sometimes yeah. where I just yeah. have. Well, we were talking before the show. I have <laughs> a zillion things I want to do, and I want to do them right now. You know, and Adam always uh-huh. says both of us we believe we can be an oceanographer while flying an airplane. Like that's how we think. <laughs> and it. it's like, I well, it. you know, let us slow down and you know just be like exactly what you are being so intentional to just mold their little hearts into the people that God has, you know, intended them to be. So mm-hmm. Jessica, you and are me, full I, of wisdom. Let me just love say this. a little disclaimer really quick, only because yeah. they're 19 to 21 now. 
just to be completely transparent and honest, it doesn't mean they're going to be perfect kids after right. this. Okay. I don't want to leave you on this like, oh, and we all lived happily ever <laughs> after. And that was right. the rite of passage is the solution to having sadly yes. perfect teenagers. Like they still make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They've still done things that, you know, I've been like, what? I didn't raise you this way. Like yes. they still have made mistakes after that. So don't be frustrated if you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm doing these above and beyond things for my kids and raising right. them in a godly home. And why, you know, are they still making these mistakes? Like yeah. it's not always a cure-all, you know, right. they're not perfect and they're still growing up and trying to find their way and figuring things out. And they're going to have to fail sometimes, yeah. you know, to learn their lessons and we're going to have to let them. So I just want to throw that caveat in. I that, love that you know. though. Cause that's the real part of it because it you is. don't want somebody yeah. to say, I did the rite of passage and my child is a train wreck. It's like, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. But also <laughs> you give them the foundation, like here, uh-huh. if you continue uh-huh. to work towards that, they're going right. to always return to that too, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's, exactly. you know, your kids, oh, your kids are just awesome. And now, you know, going to be sharing the word of God to so many more people and it happened it starts in your home which you guys Mm -hmm, have been mm -hmm. excellent examples of well friend I'm so thankful that you're sharing your wisdom and like I said I had a list of things we could talk about this is what I wanted to talk about first but I'd love Mm -hmm. to have you back on our show once you've done Sophie's and then maybe just going through my list of things you could just share with all the parents that listen so thank you so much all right it's an honor I'm really proud of you Sarah I'm so proud of you so Mm -hmm. amazed of you Uh, so amazed by all you're doing you and Adam and we missed y'all I know I know (laughs) I love you friend (laughs) all right we'll talk to you later okay bye Bye bye-bye if this podcast was helpful it would mean the world to me to have you rate it review it and share it on social media social media is a big place and to reach more people I would love your help thank you for joining us today and remember you are destined for greatness